This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lamberth. And I'm Josh Havens. We are on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us today and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. One of the things I found most helpful about the last chapter where we talked with Daniel was it kind of dispelled this myth of becoming a perfect disciple. We dispelled that myth with the axis of a destination versus uh, direction. So in this chapter, after having dispelled the myth of a perfect disciple, I think we're in pretty good position to talk about what some of those outputs are that we're all striving for. And Daniel's going to introduce us to the eight outputs that the LifeWay Research Foundation came up with through their research. Daniel M. is the Director of Church Multiplication for NewChurches.com at LifeWay Christian Resources. He serves as a teaching pastor at The Fellowship, a multi-site church in Nashville. He's the author of No Silver Bullets, Five Small Shifts That Will Transform Your Ministry, and Planting Missional Churches, Your Guide to Starting Churches That Multiply. He also co-hosts the New Churches Q&A podcast, the Five Leadership Questions podcast, and a brand new podcast with his wife on marriage and parenting called the In-Between podcast. He has an MA in global leadership and has served and pastored in church plants in multi-site churches ranging from 100 people to 50,000 people in Vancouver, Ottawa, Montreal, Korea, Edmonton, and Nashville. He's a scholar practitioner who can not only create theory, but also implement it in an innovative way to solve problems. His experience and strength is in creating alignment and momentum within teams and churches by implementing strategies and systems to move the church towards multiplication. In other words, he's a strategic thinker that can produce rather than a strategic thinker that can muse. He's been married to his wife, Christina, since 2006, and they have three children. Whether you realize it or not, you probably have a mental picture of what a spiritually mature Christian looks like. They read their Bible for two hours a day, they pray for another two hours a day, then they go knocking on the doors of their neighbors, making sure that they're all good and saved and ready to go to heaven, and then they serve soup at a kitchen on the weekends. And that's just while they're outside of church. But really, those things are the marks or the outputs of a spiritually mature person. What we often forget is that a lifetime of discipleship and spiritual growth has gone into producing a person who does those things by their very nature. It's similar to the way Plato talked about vices and virtues. Virtues are things that are desirable character traits, and it's one thing to just do those things because they're virtuous. It's another thing to be virtuous in your character. In the same way with spiritual growth, it's one thing to read your Bible every day just because that's what good Christians do. It's another thing to want to spend time in your Bible because it's part of something that you're doing to become a more spiritually mature person. And that's why Daniel's work has been so helpful in helping us understand what goes into living a productive discipleship life. He breaks it down like this. There are inputs and there are outputs. The outputs are like what Josh was talking about. Those are the results. It's the end thing. It's the the box that comes out of the end of the machine, the fully manufactured product. 
The inputs are the raw materials, the things that we put into that machine that produce the outputs. So my favorite example from the list is Bible reading is both an output and an input, but each of them is a little different. An output in the sense that when it's an output, we naturally want to read our Bibles. That's the hunger. That's the desire. We have arrived, if you will, at that output. But the input that goes into it is actually Bible reading as well. And it's a little bit different. We're going to get into a little bit more detail, but it's just the simple act of sitting down each day and reading your Bible. There's no time limit. There's no time constraint on it. It's just the simple act. And in some cases, with Bible reading, you simply have to begin reading your Bible to develop the love that naturally comes out of it. So as you listen to this chapter, think about some of the outputs, the goals that you have in your own spiritual development, your own spiritual growth, and then start to think about the ways that you can implement habits and routines that will help you achieve those goals. And then start to think about the habits and routines that you can put into place that can help you move towards spiritual growth in those areas. You've already talked about it, so maybe we could just go through and talk about some of the specifics when it comes to discipleship. So the outputs we all know, right? Those are pretty obvious. But the inputs to discipleship, what are the things that we do? The, the, the term that I usually use is... Um, uh, in another book, is kind of lead measures and lag measures, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the lever yeah. that you pull to affect the output. So, uh, but I love your input. Um, input output is, I, I think, really helpful for this. So, what is it that we can be doing as disciples to help us grow, so that we can be getting out the result that we? Yeah. Okay. So here's here's an example, right? I mean, so the list of output goals, and and you can learn more just by. Uh, it's chapter two of my book, but the list of the outputs is from the Lifeway Transformational Discipleship Assessment Research. Uh, and here they are, Bible engagement, obeying God and denying self, serving God and others, sharing Christ, exercising faith, seeking God, building relationships, and unashamed transparency. So if these are the outputs of maturity. If this is a good picture of maturity, the idea of inputs is that there are certain things that you can do that'll lead to the increase of these eight in in you know eight in regards to maturity. So in the book, I actually list five inputs for every output. Now you're probably thinking, hey Daniel, didn't you just say eight things? Didn't you a little bit a while ago say eight things are too hard to memorize? You're now saying there are 40 things. I need to memorize. And, and the neat thing about the research, and that's not what I'm saying, the neat thing about the research is let's say you're trying to disciple someone and they're having a really hard time building relationships, right? And the reason they're having a really hard time growing in the, you know, in building relationships is because they've been cheated on or they were hurt or maybe their mom or dad left when they were young and they were abandoned. And there are certain reasons why they just, it's just really, it's a really hard they have a really hard time trusting, right? So the cool thing about the five inputs is you actually have a list of, hey, if you do these things and if you engage in these things, the, the output is you will actually grow in your ability to trust and build relationships with others, right? And it's not just your experience, right? Because I'm sure if everyone, if someone's coming to you and, and is like, hey, I'm having a really hard time building relationships and trusting, you probably have your go-to as to what you'll say, Right. And that can be very helpful, but it's but it's your experience. 
right? And it may not, I mean, maybe you grew up with two parents. Maybe you grew up in a two-parent family where, where your mom stayed at home and it was generally healthy. And, but maybe they grew up in a, in a family where they were living with their mom because their dad abandoned them. And then their mom died when they were a teenager, right? And then, you know what I'm like, it's just, it doesn't always translate. So that's the cool thing about that. So here, I'll give you an example as to how it all works. Conf, uh, you know, okay, so, so let's say, let's say this, if you, if you were really passionate about confessing your sins and, and you regularly on the daily growth podcast, you daily confess your sins and, and, and you, you know, let's say you did that right daily confessing your sins before you listen to the podcast, you spent five minutes confessing your sins and then you listen to the podcast, right? Uh, what, which of the eight attributes do you think would 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 grow right when i ask this question a lot of people say well obviously if you confess your sins you're probably going to be more you're you're probably going to obey god and deny self more right you're probably going to exercise your faith and yeah i mean it's true all that would be true but the fascinating thing about the research is that those who confess their sins on a regular basis were more likely to share their faith than those who didn't now think about that. The ne- the last time you heard a sermon on you heard or you preached a sermon on evangelism, uh, when did did you ever hear the preacher, you know, basically talk about confessing your sins? I mean, I mean, like, did they say, hey, if you want to evangelize and reach your neighborhood, confess your sins, right? I mean, doesn't no one does that, right? I mean, we just guilt and shame and do whatever we do to try to coerce people. No, I mean, that's, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious there, right? But but obviously, it's that's not how we go about that. Uh, the, the fascinating thing about the research is those who confess their sins on a regular basis were more likely to share their faith than those who didn't. So it's like, okay, if you're having, if, if you want to encourage your church, if you want to encourage your small group, if you want to encourage your spouse and those around you to better share their faith, if you want to encourage your kids to better share their faith, then what you need to actually do is cultivate a daily rhythm of confessing your sins. I mean, that's wow. not that's not the that's silver bullet. Yeah, that's not the silver bullet. Yeah, yeah. Right, and it's not the only thing. But the fascinating thing is those who did that. The more frequently people did that, the more likely they were to show their faith. Well, it kind of makes sense when you when you look at it through at least the destination direction spectrum, because you're right, guilting is kind of our default because it's it's a much more effective short-term solution in that it gets us to the destination that we want. Just do yes. this. Yeah. But once we become conscious of I'm a sinner, and when we recognize that own our own sin, at least from conversations Josh and I have had, it does. That overwhelming sense of grace tends to lead us to want to share that with others because experiencing God's grace changes you yeah. in a way that it, it's exciting. And of course, this morning, the uh, Avengers, yeah. uh, <laughs> the new uh, Avengers 4 Endgame trailer dropped. So first thing, Josh was like, hey, have you seen it? Because it's exciting yeah, to us. Yeah. It's, so it's good news. I just, we want to talk yeah, about stuff that's cool and it. exciting and good. And so. So it, it seems counterintuitive at first until you dig into some of these mechanisms. And so I think that's really, uh, really awesome. The other thing is, is that you came up with 40 and that's a good biblical number. And I thought you were going to say, <laughs> you can just practice one each day. And <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. 
Um, but do you have a do you have a recommendation for how they should be uh, approached? Is it should you approach them systematically, or is it look for certain needs in your life and then try to take on those one at a time, sort of, and let the need in your life to dictate what you should be. Uh, yeah, no, that's really good. That's really good. So basically, I would say uh, if you're discipling someone or if you're uh, really needing to grow in one of the eight attributes, then take a look at the five. Um, take a look at the five and, and see what you're not doing. And, and maybe you are doing a few of them, but try to increase and, and trust that as you do the inputs, as you're faithful with the inputs that God is going to create and produce the outputs, right? And that's why I talked about First Corinthians 3 earlier, right? You need to water, you need to plant, but God's the one that gives the growth, right? It's incredibly frustrating to try and grow a plant by looking at it, by yelling at it, by guilting it, by shaming it. I mean, there's no way you can grow a plant by doing that, right? All you got to do is water. You got to make sure the seeds plant, you got to water and you just wait and you don't, and I don't, I mean, don't look at it. <laughs> just do what you need to do and go on with life and allow God to be the one that transforms you. I love how one author puts it. He says, spiritual growth is like sleeping. You can't cause yourself to sleep. You can only create the conditions in which sleep will come. Right. So when it comes to spiritual maturity and all of this, I would say if you were to start with anything, right, and, and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, okay, maybe confessing the sins is the one that I need to do. But, but let's say you just want to start with one thing and one thing that'll actually increase all eight is Bible reading. And that, that's what I'm honestly most passionate about. And, and Bible engagement was one of the output goals. It's, it, was, was, it was one of the attributes. And Bible engagement, you know, it talks about people who read the Bible, who study the Bible, who memorize the Bible, who meditate on the scriptures, who examine it, who, who, who you know, engage with the scriptures and allow it to speak into them. So that's Bible engagement. But what I'm, that's an output. What I'm saying is the input of Bible reading, just reading your Bible. Just reading. The more frequently you do that, the more likely all eight will actually increase in your life. Right? Just, just now that's not where that's, that's like, that's like drinking milk, right? You need to get beyond milk and eat solid food, but we need to drink milk, right? Even if you, even as an adult, you need to drink milk or take calcium supplements or this or that, right? So, so even when it comes to that, I mean, you can't stop reading the Bible, um, but if you're, but, but we need to at least start there. And when we do that, we are creating the conditions in which spiritual growth will come and the Holy spirit will bring about that in our lives. Yeah. And I love that analogy of, of planting. I mean, it's so rich throughout scripture, but if you want to look at, uh, reading the Bible as milk or the other way I think of it is, uh, professional athletes. If you look at anybody at the top of their game, they are the most adamant about practicing the basics. And they have spent the most time, like how many free throws did Michael Jordan shoot in his career to make him, you know, the shooter that he was true. And, and on and on and on. And so it would be foolish to then look at planting and, and watering to say for a farmer to be like, oh no, I'm beyond that. Like I'm, I'm an expert farmer. I don't need to plant seeds anymore. <laughs> and yeah. it's just, there has to be that constant basic practice that we return to, um, in order to progress in any kind of growth that we have, I think. So yeah, completely. I think that's really well said. So what I love so much about the input goals versus output goals is that 
By designing inputs, we can build our lives in such a way that lead naturally to growth. It's not that we have to try to grow. It's not that we can do anything to grow, as Daniel talked about. But we can create the conditions in our lives in which growth is possible. And then trusting God, we can be sure that He will provide the growth. That's why I really recommend that you check out Daniel's book, No Silver Bullets, because he breaks down each one of these outputs and gives you the inputs for each one, for instance. Serving God and others as the output. His inputs are praying for the spiritual status of people you know who are not professing Christians, getting involved in ministries or projects that serve people in the community, discipling or mentoring a less spiritually mature person one-on-one, praying for your church and or church leaders, setting aside time for private worship, praise, or thanksgiving to God. Really simple practices that don't have to take a lot of time. And as Daniel said, you don't even have to practice every single one. But choosing the one or two that you feel resonates with you most is probably the Holy Spirit's way of saying, this is an area that you need to work on in order to produce the fruit of serving God and serving others. The other thing I liked about Daniel's example is that there's often inputs that we wouldn't think lead to certain outputs, those goals. And so I would also like to challenge you to begin thinking of ways in which you can build habits and routines into your life to produce spiritual growth in areas that you might not have thought about. Use Daniel's example as a template and see where the Holy Spirit would lead you as you walk with him daily. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening at Daily Growth, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. Or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.